This is Johnny Silva. I'm the pastor at Dilly First United Methodist Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope it builds your faith, and I hope it gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. Enjoy the message. First of all, this was homecoming week. So there's a lot of things that happen. So every day, everybody dressed up as, you know, whatever that the thing for that day was. So there was that going on. Um, and then my um, in-laws were in town. And I love my in-laws, but, you know, just, just a little bit more challenging uh, with that. Uh, but also this week on Wednesday, I had to proctor a PSAT test. So they do that in school. So whenever... I was in school. We had to come on a Saturday. We had to pay for it, all that sort of stuff. They do it right in the middle of school for free. I was like, wow, that's amazing. Um, and yet sometimes uh, kids still don't show up for that. I was like, why? I don't get it. But um, I also had on a Friday morning, I had my second of five uh, observations for my alternative certification program. So Friday morning, first thing, first period. Uh, and then also on Friday, um, so it's the end of the grading period, so I had all my grades due on Friday by 4.20 as well. So there was a lot going on uh, this week. And with that, I also am thankful for when my room does get clean, but we only have three janitors for the entire school. And so many times they just, uh, every other day they'll come in and change out the trash and that's it. And so knowing that I have um, this coming on Friday, I prepared by, uh, I swept everything. I, um, I even mopped because the, the students can be a little bit messy from time to time. And uh, even wiped down everything. And so it was, it was clean, it was good to go. Um, so I did that and so I was ready, but at the same time, there just never seemed to be enough hours in the day. It just doesn't seem to ever be enough time. And then several times in my life, I've also experienced when I don't have not just enough time, but sometimes not enough resources, as in money. So there was a time whenever I was uh, at the University of Houston, and I wasn't working at the time, so I had $60 for the month to cover, like eating, to cover any gas expenses, uh, anything else, $60. So I really had to make um, those dollars stretch. I had to be very strategic about how I used that. Um, but then there's been other times when I, uh, since I've been married that uh, we've gone through some times where times have been a little tight. Whenever we've gone from two incomes down to one and even sometimes when we were in between incomes again it always seems to be at the most inopportune time and that sort of thing but but there just never seemed to be enough and it doesn't mean that the that the expenses stop they if anything they seem to um, just come out of nowhere at that time and then it's just one of those things where no matter how much we cut back here or there or try to be very strategic, it just never seemed to be enough. And chances are that you have been through some times in your life where you've experienced something similar, where you felt like there wasn't enough time or they felt like there wasn't enough money or energy or emotional bandwidth or 
patience or whatever it is that you didn't feel like you had enough of. And many of us are simply searching for enough, just enough, to make it in a culture that is just striving for more. But all we want, all we're asking for is just enough. And there has to be, there just has to be a better way because living like this is exhausting. Living like the mentality of scarcity, living like that with that scarcity mentality, it's exhausting and there has to be a better way. And there is. And maybe we are not experiencing right now, but, but maybe we see it maybe off in the distance, but it is the, the mindset not of scarcity, but of the mindset of abundance. And whenever you're living in that abundance mindset, you have not just enough, but you have more than enough. You have more than enough time. You have more than enough resources. You have more than you could have ever asked for. And doesn't this seem nice? Doesn't this seem like you can finally find what you've been looking for, what you've never had enough of, but you can finally rest. You can finally take a breath, a breath. You can take a break. And you can live in this type of freedom, knowing that you have more than enough. You're living in the abundance of God. So to help us get there, because there, this is a possibility. It's not just a pipe dream. It is a possibility. So to help us today, we look at the words of Jesus in the Gospel of Mark. Whenever he's responding to a person who is seeking to inherit eternal life. So today, um, we talk about Jesus and assets. And again, we're looking at uh, the Gospel of Mark, um, chapter 10, verses 17 through 22, and then hitting on Luke 16, 10. But again, this is the second of our series of Jesus and blank, where hopefully we come to the place where we know that Jesus is more than enough. So a little bit of a background on Mark. Mark is, if you weren't aware of this, the shortest of all the Gospels and also thought to be the earliest of the Gospels and therefore a source for Matthew and for Luke. And Jesus starts out um, in the Gospel of Mark in the first chapter. He doesn't start as a baby. He doesn't even, there's not even any like um, uh, the lineage or anything like that. Jesus is a man, starts right in his, in who he is as a man, how we think of him. And then um, he's immediately baptized by John. And then he's tempted by Satan. He calls his first disciples. He exercises the demons from a man. He cleanses a leper. And all of this happens before the end of the first chapter. So Mark is a man of few words and he gets right to the heart of things and the way I see it he's kind of like Joe Friday just the facts I figured y'all might know who that is um, but the other thing is that the author is definitely on a mission and is basically chronicling the journey of Jesus and through these years he's able to see what Jesus does but he doesn't Compared to the other Gospels, he doesn't really embellish things. It's just the facts, and there is so much packed into just a short and a few words. 
So in chapter 10 of Mark, we begin reading this. As he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, what do you call, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not defraud. Honor your, your father and your mother. Notice it doesn't say you shall not. So it does say yes, you should honor your father and your mother. Just in case you were wondering. And he said to him, teacher, I have kept all of these since my youth. Jesus looked at him, loved him, and said, You lack one thing. Go, sell what you own, and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he was shocked and went away grieving for he had many possessions. Thanks be to God for the reading of his word. Amen. So here we see that Mark is right, getting right to the point. But this happens in chapter 10. And if chapter 10 is anything like chapter 1, there's so much that happens in one particular chapter. And this is no exception. Because in chapter 10 of Mark, we find Jesus on the move again and on his discipleship of the way. And we find here the, the longest of the ethical sections in his gospel, where Jesus teaches us on divorce and children and riches and the reward of discipleship. All of this, again, happening in just the 10th chapter. And this is where we join Jesus on his journey whenever we encounter this man who runs up to Jesus and asks him, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And you know what? This is the only instance in the Bible, in the Gospels, where a person refuses a call from Jesus to follow him. And it sets up Jesus, again, for a much larger teaching, but... But I find it interesting that this is the only instance where Jesus invites someone to follow him and they don't. And this almost disciple, because he was so close, he was just lacking one thing and he wasn't able to do what Jesus said. So this almost disciple of Jesus was looking after, was seeking eternal life, which is a good thing. Now, I often wonder this, what would you do if you had one question to ask Jesus? What would that be? I mean, for me, I, I don't know. I mean, I've been thinking about this over and over again. It's like whenever you meet a famous person, um, you always have this playing in your head. You know this narrative, like if I ever get that chance, I'm going to ask them this or, or about this or what. So whatever the case is, whenever we actually have that happen, do we actually remember all that stuff that we've rehearsed over and over and over again? But for this person, 
he had the awareness, he had the wherewithal to ask a very important question that so many people want to know. And he asked this question, not if the Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl this year, um, because we kind of already know how that happens, but not that, not even the winning lottery ticket numbers or anything like that, but he asked, how can I and what must I do to inherit eternal life? Is it that he asked this because he had so many possessions? Is it that he asked this particular question because it feels like he's been a success in so many different areas? He has so many things and can be considered wealthy. Is it so important to him because it's something that he doesn't have? He doesn't have eternal life, but he might have all these other things. Well, maybe, maybe. I've accomplished all these things. Maybe he's thinking to himself, um, on this life, what's next? What else can I do? But I think it's important when he asked Jesus this, he asked, what must I do? What must I do? Like what's required of me to do to inherit eternal life? And if we remember from what we talked about last series, we talked a little bit about the dangers of the prosperity gospel or the health and wealth gospel where um, it matters how much faith you have which is directly linked to how much wealth you have uh, or how how good of a health you are in and that sort of thing and this th theology is a dangerous one but it is one that has been in existence for such a long time this person could have been seen like he has all of this wealth, he has all of these things, it's because he has been doing good things. And if you think about it, he was saying, yes, I've kept all of these commandments, which is very hard to do, very hard to do, but he was doing that. And so I, I, I think about this and I, and I wonder what it was missing. I think Jesus saw that something was missing in his life and so he tries to pull it out of there. But I think the author here is lifting up somewhat of a danger of wealth. Because we know that that is not what leads to eternal life. And according to Proverbs 28, the wealthy are described as wise in their own eyes and are prone to abandon their faith. In other words, they don't need to have as much faith because they really have everything that they need. So why do I really need to believe? And so in Jesus' conversation with this man, it says that he looked at him and loved him. And I wonder about that, that particular phrase too. Because I, I wonder if Jesus looked at him and loved him because he knew that he had done everything he was supposed to do. And that's why he loved him. Or... Maybe he looked at him and loved him because he knew that he had done everything he was supposed to do, and yet he knew how he would eventually respond to his invitation to leave everything and follow him. Maybe he felt sorry for him. 
That love was a kind of compassion that he knew that he wasn't going to be with him on this journey that would lead him where he ultimately wanted to go, which was to have eternal life. Or maybe, maybe Jesus saw this as that he has all of these things. He has all of these possessions, but they weren't connecting up and they weren't being used in the way that they were intended to be used, which was to expand God's kingdom, expand his purpose. And maybe that was the reason. So in this conversation, it says these things about maybe this, this person has lived a good life, but what was he missing? What was he missing? And so I continued on in the, the next verse, which is in, found in a, another gospel, Luke chapter 16. And you've probably heard this before. But it's this one verse, again, that has so much meaning to it. And it says this, Whoever is faithful in a very little is faithful also in much. And whoever is dishonest in a very little is dishonest also in much. And there's a lot of different ways you can take this, but, but there is a correlation, I think, that the, the gospel writer is trying to say here is that what you have, be faithful with it. Find your faith and connect it. Connect what you have back to God from where it came. And then to be dishonest or um, to not do that, there's a correlation between looking at what you have and seeing that if, I, if I'm not doing good with this, why would I also be good with something more? But is that not what we think, though? I can't really be faithful with just this because this is all I have. But if I had more, then I would be able to give more. Then I would be able to do more. Then I would be able to do all these things. But I can't because I only have this. And you see how there's a disconnection there. See, what Jesus is trying to say in Mark and also in Luke here is that there is a connection and that if we are faithful with just a few things, there's a correlation that we'll also be faithful with many things. And if we're not faithful with a few things, then likely we will not be faithful with many things. But I think the heart of the matter is this. Where is our heart in it? How do we respond to this? And the thing is that Jesus is warning this particular person, this sometimes is called a rich young ruler, other times it's just assumed that way because he has many possessions and he's not willing to part with them to follow Jesus. And it seems like a warning for this particular person, for those type of people. But it's told not just for that one person. It's also told for the disciples who are hearing it's also told to anybody else who was in earshot. It's also told to us. And if you know, we read this over and over again, but faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. So why are we hearing this? You see, 
The thing is, whenever you operate in a scarcity mindset, you tend to cling to what you have because you think it's all you're ever going to have. And that's not a healthy mindset. So it doesn't matter actually how much you actually have. So this person seemed to have a lot, but was he being faithful with it? Was he connecting it back to God? Did he see it in a way that it wasn't something that he did to get, but it was something that was given to him because of who God is? God is a gracious God. God is a generous God. God loves us so much that he gave his only son so that we might live and that we might believe and that we might have this abundant life mindset. And so you can, it is a possibility to live with this abundance mindset. Even in today's age where we're just constantly bombarded with, oh, you want more, you need more. You only have one car, you need to. You only have this, but you need that. You only have this, but you need that. But we can still live in the same situation, in the same reality, but have an abundance mindset. Because all you have, what we need to understand is that all you have comes from God as a gift. And it is possible only because of God, not because of everything that you've done. God put you in a situation so that you could do those things, but it was God who set it in motion in the first place. So if you, if you know where your blessings are coming from, where your assets are coming from, you are actually able to give thanks to God. And you can see that if it's coming from God, it's going to keep on coming from God and keep on coming from God every single day, every single morning. We are greeted with new mercies. We're greeted with blessing upon blessing. And we know that that is never going to end because of who God is. He's a source of all, source of all that is good, all that is right, all that is love. For God is love. And now, once you understand that, once you come to that conclusion, then you can finally, finally find that rest that you never seem to have enough of. Find that grace and that mercy and that love that you never quite seem to have enough of, but you know that it's coming from God. You know that it's good and you know it's never going to stop. And I have to be honest with you. There hasn't just been a couple of times in my life that I've been operating with this scarcity mindset. It happens more often than I like to admit. And I'm reminded of this over and over and over again. I know what I'm supposed to do. I know what I'm supposed to be thinking. But then I also think about, man, it's just so hard because look at all the things that I don't have. Look at all the things that I'm not able to do. Look at all the things that I am lacking. And then I'm reminded of a couple of years ago, whenever my family and I were living in Fort Worth. And again, this is one of those times where we went from having two incomes down to one and down to less than we had been getting for a long time. And we were living in a scarcity mindset, but it was coming up on Christmas. And if you know anything about me, you know that I love Christmas. And I've always loved Christmas, not because of what I get, but because of what I 
am able to give. I love to see, I love to see smiling faces because of something that I did or I was able to give or able to put together. I love that. I love that. And I love my kids. And I know that I wanted them to have a great Christmas because um, just the year before they had gone through so much. Our family had gone through so much whenever Laura was in the hospital for so long. They had been missing. They had been without. They had been lacking their mother. I just wanted them to have something good. And I knew what I had. And I knew what I wanted them to have. And it wasn't enough. And I was looking at this and I was saying, okay, I don't know how this is going to happen, but I know what I want the what I want to happen. And so there's going to have there's this big gap. And I don't know how it's going to happen, but but I'm just hoping for a Christmas miracle or something. But I know that on Christmas Day there were presents under the tree. And I was looking at that. And I was wondering to myself, is this going to be enough? Is this good enough? Are they going to be happy? Now, knowing that Knox was only, you know, a little over a year, maybe a year and a half, I mean, he would have been happy with a box and the wrapping paper, so wasn't too worried about that. But Jackson, I mean, he was five and a half. He had been through so much. He had moved. He had been away from his, his family, what he'd known for so long, and now he's in this new place, and, and things were a little bit tougher because mom wasn't who mom was before, and I just wanted him to have a good Christmas. And he opened up everything. And he was so happy. And he looked at my mom and he said, Grandma, look at all of this. Me and Knox have more than we ever asked for. We have more than we ever asked for. Can you believe it? Can you believe it, Grandma? We were looking at the same thing. I was operating with the scarcity mindset. He was operating with the abundance mindset. More than I ever asked for. More than I ever asked for. And I'm reminded of that always. And I know that God uses people around me and our kids so much to speak to us, to speak truth to us, to change our perspective on things. Because we were looking at the same exact thing and he saw it one way and I saw it another. And I need to be reminded of this day in and day out because there are so many times when I slip back in to that scarcity mindset. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough patience. I don't have enough bandwidth for all of this. I don't have enough. And then a child speaks. Now I'd invite you to go back to, um, to Mark 10 and look at how Jesus talks about children. But there is so much wisdom in children. God speaks directly through children as many prophets, if you will, reminding us of who God is and who we are. 
and how we are supposed to look at any situation and see that we have more than enough because the blessings are not going to stop. We have a good God. Can you believe? Can you believe that we have the ability to look at any situation and see an abundance? More than we've ever asked for. More than we deserve. Blessing upon blessing. And so we're not living with from disappointment to disappointment. No, we are living from blessing to blessing, from miracle to miracle. We are living on the journey with Jesus. And if we're with Jesus, then who can be against us? We are with the one from who all things come. We are living in abundance. But we just have to shift our eyes away from the distractions, back on Jesus, and see that whatever situation we're in, we can see this as an abundance. And we have more than enough. Can you believe? My thought, my hope, my prayer is that you can answer with a yes and that you would truly mean it and that you would center your life around it so that you are living in an abundance every single day and instead of saying, oh, what's going to go wrong now? Saying, what new blessing am I going to see today? What new way is God going to reveal God's self to me today? Wow, what an amazing life I'm living. And I'm living it for Jesus. Can you believe? My hope, my prayer, is that you can say yes and that your life would reflect that. May it be so. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There's a couple of things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And please share this message with friends and family to help us spread the gospel message. And thanks again for joining us on Dilly First United Methodist Church podcast. Blessings.